everybody, welcome to this week's episode of What If I Told You How Religion Ruined Me and Jesus Saved Me, where I talk about my experience of growing up in religion um, and also breaking free from the toxic lifestyle that that entails. My name is Jaron, if you don't already know. I want to thank you so much for being here, for tuning in. It really does mean the world to me um, to have you listen in and also to give me so much support. It really does mean the world to me, so thank you. We are in episode number four, number cuatro, and I am so excited for this week um, because this is the first week of the podcast that I brought in a guest host, and I cannot wait for you to hear from one of my best friends in the entire world. But before we get into this week's episode, I want to let you know something. This episode was originally recorded and intended to be just that, just this episode. However, once we got to talking about um, what we are talking about today and unpacking everything that it entails, we ended up talking for way longer than I expected. And so um, I decided that it would be best to break this one up into two parts for two reasons. One, um, there's so much to this and it's a lot to unpack and it's a lot to process and it's a lot to, um, to think about. And so I wanted to break it up for that reason. But also, like I said, we ended up talking for way longer than we expected, which is not a bad thing. It's a great thing. And so I just figured that it'd be um, good to re- I want to respect your time. And so I broke this up into two parts. So you're going to get part one today, part one next week. And so in order to get the fullness of what this topic entails, make sure that you're tuning into both weeks to get all of that. Guys, I am so excited for you to hear part one of this episode. This topic is incredibly important and it is because this was this played such a big role in uh, my life being changed and I believe that it's going to do the same for you. And so that being said, let's dive right into part one of what if I told you to stop asking for forgiveness. Today we got a treat, y'all. I am not alone today. I have a very special guest on the podcast today. This is um, my pastor, and um, he's one of my best friends in the whole world, and um, he means so much to me, and um, I'm thankful for him being on here. Everyone, give it up for David Gomez. Man, what's up, man? It's good to be with you on uh, this podcast. Yeah. And, dude, can I just say, uh, you know, Jordan is still the GOAT. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, and uh, I'm glad that you're doing this podcast. Here's Everyone, why. thank you so much for tuning in to, to What If I Told You. I have to go um, fire my best friend from the podcast today. I'm just <laughs> we, we agree on just about everything except for except, the, the Jordan-LeBron debate. Except for that. We don't agree on that. But but I can say this. I'm glad that you are you're doing this, and I'm sure it's been opening up people's eyes, and uh, they're getting a revelation of of god's complete love and so to you man thank you keep going keep doing it i Come love on. that you're doing this and i'm gonna back you 100 percent. thank you thank you david you said something a couple of days ago in one of our meetings that i want you to say here really quickly before we dive into what we're going to talk about today um i want you to say it because i think it's so important for um people to remember during this time yeah, and, and something that, you know, I, I know that I've thought about, you know, something like this whenever there are world events that, you know, people get hurt or people perish. And, and so something that, you know, I brought to you guys was, you know, people are asking really across 
you know, the world now, but is God judging the world? Yeah, right. Is is coronavirus? Yeah, God's and really, honestly, I've seen the is the effects of coronavirus, right? The financial devastation behind coronavirus, the loss of jobs, the the market crashes. Is is this God judging America for its sin? Yeah, and and I would say, you know, no, no. And, and there's many reasons, <laughs> but anybody that asks that, I would say that they're not, you know, acquainted with the good news of yeah. God, yeah. and and. I would even say this, that the sins of America, along with the sins of the entire world, they were taken care of, or I would say they were judged at the cross. Yes. And we just don't say that. I mean, we know that because in, in Hebrews ten twelve it tells us that once and for all, a sacrifice was done. Yeah. Complete. Yeah, absolutely. And that's so key to remember. All right. This is not God, God judging America because why? Because we've already been judged. That's right. And like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, actually, we talked about this last week. We've been judged and we've been judged righteous. Righteous. If, as a believer, we're judged righteous. And so be encouraged by that. This is not God judging America. This is not us paying for our sins or the sins of our forefathers. No, this is just life. And, um, you know, yeah. Psalms declares that. The heavens is the Lord's, but to to, the, to man, he's given the earth. And That's this is right. just the effects of nature. And and uh, it's hard and it's difficult. But um, like I said, we have a, a very real hope yeah. in the midst of this. I've even heard some people ask, you know, what, what did we do to deserve this? Right. Right. And absolutely nothing. Bad things happen to good people. Yeah. Bad things happen to bad people. But even good things happen to, quote unquote, bad people. Yeah. But it's it's so interesting that whenever something bad happens in our life that um, is new or change or anything, anything that we have to adjust to, our first question is, what did I do to deserve this? And sometimes, man, you just said it just a moment ago that that it's just life. Exactly. It's just life. And we like to keep score. Right. That's what we do. We like to keep score. If I'm good, I'm going to get good. Right? right. If I do bad, then I'll get bad. But that that's karma. That's yeah. faith in Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> a lot of us are believing, like you just said, like this is a byproduct of something that maybe I did or I lost my job because I wasn't faithful or I lost my job because I need to get closer to whatever it is. No, that's that's not faith. That's you believing in karma. And that's such a such a good truth. Hope that encourages you today that um, this is not God judging America. This is simply life. And so, um, hey, I'm so excited for today. The last couple of weeks we have been building foundation, um, David, on kind of what this is going to launch this week. And so all that was building up on foundation for what I wanted to start this week. And so starting this week, we are going to start addressing some really real things um, that make people uh, who live in religion. And if you don't think that's you think again, because <laughs> it very well may be um, that, that, but that make people in religion um, live in bondage. And so um, today I want to pose a question to all of you. What if I told you to stop asking for forgiveness? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> some of you hey listen don't go off the podcast just yet don't 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 disown me as a friend just yet if you're listening okay i know it's scandalous and it's something that's so different to what um we heard and i think it's because to most of us as christians it's a really elementary 
um, concept, asking for forgiveness, right? Um, but I want to tell you that today. What if I told you to stop asking for forgiveness? And if you haven't caught on to the rhetorical side of this podcast, I, when I say that, I mean I am telling you. I am telling you to stop asking for forgiveness. And we're going to talk about that today. And we're going to dive into that. And I want to say one quick thing before we really get into the meat of this. Um, I'm not saying that asking for forgiveness is a bad thing, right? There's context in which that is healthy. But um, really, when you have the pressure of asking for forgiveness constantly on you, it leads to really unhealthy spiritual practices, which in turn leads to really a really unhealthy spiritual reality. And so this is something that I want to address because this is one of the things that when I was coming out of religion um, was a major, major, major thing that helped me completely or really just start the paradigm shift that was my mind um, when I was coming out of religion. And so I want to talk about this today. And in order to really get a grasp of this topic and why I want to talk about this and why I think this is um, something that you should stop doing, I think it's important to talk about where we get this idea. Because when I looked into this, it's surprisingly unscriptural. Yeah. It's surprisingly unscriptural. And, um, and it, I was, dude, I was researching this and it's like, I really, realistically, I found one piece of scripture that is, that is the hinge for this idea yeah. of asking for forgiveness. And it comes out of first John chapter one yeah. and it's verse nine. And I'll read it right now. First John chapter one, verse nine, it says, if we confess our sins, he being God is faithful to and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And like, when you look at that verse with no context, it can be really difficult, but let's, I want to talk about this really specific piece of scripture, because like I said, this is the one thing that people use to back up the idea of asking for forgiveness. Oh yeah, most definitely. And, and, you know, being in ministry, this is one of those key verses that you drive people to the end of a gathering Mm -hmm. or a service. So to make sure this this is what we like to call an altar driver. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Just to make sure that you get the response that you want, you want yeah. or, or you may believe that God may want. Yeah, for sure. And, and confess to be forgiven. Right. But there, if you dive into the context of it, man, you can share a little bit on that. But if you dive into the context of that, you get to see that, that it actually frees us. Yeah. Because what you have done is you have rightly divided the scripture. And that's so key because, and this is something I, I've lightly brushed over before on a previous episode. But when it comes to scripture, this is something you and I talk about all the time. Context is everything. Yeah. You, you cannot take scripture for face value because a lot of scripture is really, really terrifying at, at face value. And so it's really important if you're listening, it's really important to, to look into not only what they're saying, but who, who the writer is saying it to and when they're saying it and what region of the earth they're saying it, and why they're saying it. Context is everything. And so, yeah, that is so, it's so true. That is so important. You know, you, that, it brings up a good point because whenever we don't know what to do, yeah. we'll go back to the Old Testament, meaning we'll go back to thousands and thousands of years ago to try to get some kind of answer for our now question. Yeah. 
And it's so backwards because if we really believe that Jesus is alive today, then he's guiding us and talking to us and answering our questions for today. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And so, yeah, like I said, context is everything. And it's especially true when it comes to the scripture. And I'm just going to lightly brush over this. When you look at the context of what this piece of scripture is saying, remember first John one, nine. Um, yeah. First John one, nine, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I just quoted that by memory. That's how you know. Let's I know go. It well. I was raised in church, man. Those are one of those things. I was a Bible quizzer. I had to. I had. To, <laughs> I had to know that, man. And the and and the history of Jaron comes out. There yes, it is. I'm a Bible quizzer, man. <laughs> you know, I was always on that on that thing talking about how we got to ask for forgiveness. Come on, come on. But um, but yeah, the context surrounding that is really important because the writer of First John, which is John, (laughs) Um, he's talking to a really specific audience and he, in the context around the scripture is John speaking to this um, community about false teaching. And he's really preaching against um, a group called Gnostics. And, um, and, and we can dive into this a little bit, but Gnostics were were teaching some um, really um, disingenuous things that, that Christ was not about. And so, um, this is, this letter is really John addressing a lot of those things. And so, first of all, um, when you look at it in the context of, of this passage of scripture, it starts to make a lot more sense that he's not just saying, Hey, you need to confess your sin. No, if you look at the previous scripture, I mean, just verse eight says, if we say we have no sin, and that's a lot of what the Gnostics were saying, right? They were saying, we have no sin. There is no such thing as sin. No, John is saying that's not true. Mm-hmm. We had sin and our sin was paid for. Um, but and, and that's kind of what he's talking about in this verse. And it's, and it's really important to look in the context of that. Yeah. And, and you know, just thinking on that route and on that track, really, is there was uh, and even now there's people that that live like there is nothing that is wrong. Yeah. But. This is why we need a savior. And John was simply saying, yo, you need a savior. Yeah, you need a savior. He was there from the beginning of the foundation of the world. From the very beginning was God. The word was with him and he became flesh. John is basically reporting back, you know, and saying what you believe is really not the right thing because there's a savior who walked this earth, who died for your sin. Yeah. And he's really bringing the point that Jesus is the main thing. Come on. But there's, okay, so that's that's really important to look at. But there's one thing that I want to look at even more in this scripture. And again, the reason that I'm diving in really heavily to this specific piece of scripture is because this is the piece of the Bible that people use to, to hound into oh, you yeah. that you need to ask for forgiveness. And so um, this is why I'm addressing it. But there's one specific word that changes everything about what this piece of the Bible means. And that's the word confess. Yeah. Right. If we confess our sins and we translate that to mean, if we ask for forgiveness for our sins. And as I was researching this, this blew me away because I was, I was looking into the Greek. um, And if you don't know the, the new Testament was originally written in in the language Greek. And so um, you, when things look confusing, a lot of times that's what, I'll do is I'll go back and look at um, the original Greek word and um, and what that means. And in the context of this piece of the Bible, it's really, really interesting because this word confess comes from the, when you really break it down, it comes from the Greek word um, homo logos, okay? Which means, think, when you break it down, homo means same yeah. and logos means what? Mind. Mind. 
right? Mind, thought. Yeah, say that. Belief. And so when you really break it down, here's what it means. The definition of the word homo logos, in other words, the definition of what confess means in this scripture is this, to be in one mind, okay? To speak the same, to agree, or to say the same thing as another. And if this is, if you're not catching on, stick with me because who is called the Logos? Yeah. Who is it? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Jesus is called the Logos. And so when you look at it in that term, all the scripture is saying is for us to be in the same mind as God about our sin. Come on. And like we talked about last week, what is God's mind on our sin? Tell us. Because this is so good. We're righteous. Our sin is done. Yeah, And so this piece of scripture, John is imploring this community of people to be, to agree with what God already believes. Wow. That changes things about confession, man. Absolutely. Because it's not you, it's not you um, living in a, a, a distant state, right? It's not you asking for something. It's you think about it. It's confessing. You're not, it's not a confessional. Another word for confess is to declare. Yeah. And if, if that's the truth about this Greek context of this word, it makes sense. You declare to yourself what God believes true about you. So would you say that there is there is bad confessions versus yes. good confessions? 100%. And this is so true because you can confess something and it can be a bad confession. Talk about it because yeah. you're, you're so good about that. Uh, so, you know, just, you know, growing up, you know, kind of distant from the church. My, 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 my parents were involved in church, but they were a little, they, they didn't necessarily drag me to church. Um, I watched from afar. Uh, and so I didn't hear it every week, kind of like you did. Yeah. So confession on my, and, and I will reiterate, I heard this <laughs> every week Yeah. as I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this podcast did, we heard it every week, but yeah, you didn't hear it every week. Yeah. I didn't hear it every week. And, and so confession was wasn't on my mind each and every day or each and every week although maybe i needed to confess i don't know but it wasn't on my my mind all i knew is that god loved me and that my parents loved god and my parents were blessed i watched i watched them as they walked with god so i didn't have this like guilt trip this, mm. this, this condemnation over me. And that's so, and that's such a good point. It's a guilt trip. Oftentimes the, con, the, the, the idea of asking for forgiveness turns slowly turns into a guilt trip. Yeah. But anyway, it, it does. Absolutely. But I would say this, when I was 28, I came back to the church and I was radically transformed. Eyes were open. I mean, my, my heart was open to Christ, right? Of what he actually did for me. I received grace. Mm. I experienced grace. But then when I went back to the church and went to work, mm. then everything became a drag. Even yeah. even even trying to line up my thinking with what God thinks about me. Like somehow some way it, the gear changed, it switched and now what I enjoyed, I didn't enjoy anymore and and I found myself in that 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 trap of of really doing bad confessions over and over and over again. And so give us an example of what a bad confession is. Yeah. A bad confession would sound like this. I'm a sinner. <laughs> a bad confession would sound like this. Hey, I'm always going to fail. Wow. A bad confession sounds like this. 
I keep messing up in the same area and I'm never going to change. That's a bad confession. A bad confession for me looked like this. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to break this. Wow. A bad confession looked like this for me. I really need to to free myself from this. Mm. That's something that I think a lot of people probably do with. I I need to. I need to free myself from this. Another one for me was, um, was I need to, and you notice how a lot of these are starting with I, I need yeah. and I yeah. really just I, yeah. we're focused on I focused yeah. on me and not Jesus. It's fine. Um, but a, a big one for me was that it, it was, I need to, I don't think I'll ever be able to overcome this sin. Yeah. That's a bad confession for me. But, and, and you know what it does, what it does is it, it almost makes the the sin or whatever you're dealing with, it highlights it more yes. than what Jesus actually did. Wow, that's so true. And so you end up focusing on that thing. Yeah. You're confessing it, trying to throw it away, trying to get rid of it. But all you're doing is highlighting it. And it makes so much sense. And Paul talks about this, right? What you're doing is a part of the law, right? You're saying, I, 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 you're creating, like we talked about last week, a do it yourself system. And when you create a do it yourself system, you're living under the law. And Paul says the law is what gives sin its power. Yeah. But what, what you're saying is so key because it makes, even if you want to take scripture and you want to take the spiritual side out of this, it makes so much sense, right? If I am always focused on, I need to overcome sin. I need to overcome sin. I need to overcome sin. I need to stop doing this. I need to stop doing that. I need to overcome this. What are, what's the common denominator here? What are you always thinking about? Yeah. You're always thinking about your sin and it's a, and it's a psychological thing, right? You're always focused on your sin and that's so true. And it almost, you, you just said it, it almost makes it more, more enlightened in your mind, which makes it almost more enticing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I noticed that in my own life, like, before I, before I came out of religion, that was what I dealt with. Mm-hmm. It was always, man, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta get away from this sin. And it might've looked different for you, but for me, it was, I gotta yeah. get away from this sin. Yeah. I gotta stop doing this. I, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Well, what am I always thinking about? Thinking about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Always thinking about it. And if it's always on your mind, then you're going to act it out because every action begins with a thought. Wow. That's what it say, is. Say that again, because that is so true. Yeah, every action begins with a thought. Yeah, and and so this 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 thing about about confessing is is powerful for a for a for a believer because you you get to use it the way God intended it to yeah. be used. Yeah, a good confession. Wow. So, what are good confessions? Say it. I'm a saint. Ooh. What are good confessions? I'm made righteous. Yeah. What's a good confession? Hey, I am, I am a success in this area of my life. Yeah. It's a good confession. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Sometimes you may not see that play out right. until maybe a week, months, years later. But that's where faith comes in right. because you're speaking the language of faith. Come on. That's so good. And I, and I want to point this out, too, because I know some people may be looking at this piece of scripture and saying, well, it's not saying if you confess good things. It's saying if you confess your sin. He is faithful and just. And I want to point this out because if you think about it, when you confess something, like you said, every action and confessing is an action. Every action begins with a thought. And I was thinking about this the other day. And in order for us to to confess the truth, there's naturally first a recognition that we were wrong, right? Yeah. This doesn't mean that it has to translate to asking 
God for forgiveness. And we're going to talk about why we don't do that here in a second, but it doesn't mean that we have to ask God for forgiveness, but there is, I mean, there's naturally there. I mean, it's science. There has to be a recognition of what was wrong before there can be a confession of what is correct. Right. And I think that's what John, I think that's what John is saying here. If you confess your sin, sure. You may be confessing, you know, um, confess, declaring that I, I was in the wrong, but you're also declaring what God believes true about you because like I said, the Greek translation for declare is to, to agree with something yeah, and, or, or, or what is it? It's to speak the same. Yeah. And it's saying to speak the same thing that God is speaking about you. Absolutely. I, I think ultimately what it comes down to is uh, agreeing with God that you needed a savior. Yeah. That's, oh, that's, that's what, it. That's basically what it's saying is like, as you recognize it, wow. you basically are saying, I, I did need that's it. a savior. That's it. I needed Jesus. I needed a savior. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. So good. So another piece of scripture that some people use um, is is not as popular, but it's something that's circulating around a lot right now. And so I want to address it. And that is Second Chronicles 7.14. Mm. Okay. And I think this is a really popular piece of scripture. Um, and if you hear pages flipping, it's because I'm turning my Bible. <laughs> yes, I carry a physical Bible. Come on. Like I'm shame people for using <laughs> the Bible app. No, I use the Bible app too, I promise. Um, so Second Chronicles 7.14 says this. It's Like I said, this is circulating a lot right now, especially with, um, everything, that's with everything that's happening right yeah. now. Here's what it says. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face, and turn from evil ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. That's scary. That is scary. That's scary. And can I share something? I, I remember do. someone that loves me, like <laughs> gave me that scripture at a time where um, it was probably one of the toughest moments in my in my life. And they gave me that scripture to encourage me. And, uh, it, you know, it became a, a work mm. because it told me to humble myself. Yeah. I mean, first off, how do you, how it's do you do that? I think, I think circumstances and I think life yeah. does a good job of pointing to your weakness. That's so true. As a human. Life has a pretty good job of pointing out where <laughs> yeah. you're not strong. Yeah. So I already knew that I was a, 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 a weak human being, especially in that state that I was in. And here I go and someone gives me this, this verse in, in back of my head. I was like, there's no, there's nothing encouraging about this. So, yeah. but this is where the forgiveness of God mm. plays a main role, especially in the scripture. Yeah. Because it doesn't, it doesn't point to me, right? Dang. It, it points to Christ. <laughs> that's so good. And that's so true because if you don't know second, this is second Chronicles seven fourteen. Yeah. Where's second Chronicles seven fourteen? You're going to have to it's flip the, a few pages way back. A few pages. Cause it's in the old Testament. Yeah. And I don't think people really understand the true weight of that because old Testament equals old. Well, not, all of it, but usually old covenant. Yeah. And the old covenant being the law. Yeah. And so this is before Jesus. This this is before Jesus. Yeah. And I think it's really important to understand that everything that the Old Testament wrote was a 
a a a um a shadow a shadow type right? a shadow of Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus fulfilled every, we've said this before, Jesus fulfilled every single thing that is found within these scriptures. And so when you read it, think, in the, think of this in the context of Jesus, right? If my people who are, who are called by my name will humble themselves. Well, Jesus humbled himself. I, I'd say that. Yeah. He humbled himself. Yeah. If they will pray and seek my face. If you don't know, Jesus prayed pretty often. Mm-hmm. Think about the, the Garden of Gethsemane before Jesus died. He bled because he was praying so yeah. hard. He, they would pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways while Jesus was perfection manifested, right? Yep. Then I will turn from heaven. I will forgive their sin Man. and I will heal their land. Man, I think it's so interesting that those are all things that Jesus fulfilled yeah. for us. And so we don't, I don't let people use this piece of scripture to, to go against you. Matter of fact, can I just say, yeah, and I think you'll agree with me with this. Don't let anyone use any piece of scripture to beat you. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Scripture is not meant to beat you. No. Scripture is meant to reveal Jesus. It, and it's it's really to edify. It's, yeah. It's for the use of edification. Right. Because all of us are, are called to uh, encourage one another and grow in the grace of God. Exactly. And I, I, and I said this last week, but I'll say it again. If anyone uses scripture or really says anything, but specifically uses a piece of scripture like this to, to tack condemnation, fear, anxiety yeah. on you, that is not the purpose yeah. of what this book entails. Yeah. This book is meant to tell the story of Jesus and it's, to, it's meant to, to direct our attention to Jesus. That's right. And you know, man, going back to, to that humble part, I used, this is, this was my fight. Because we heard like, you know, God blesses the humble, right? Opposes the proud, you know, and then, you know, you find something that you're good at and you become a little puffed up about it. Is that pride? You know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh. So how, and humbleness, this, this thing about humbleness, how I need to stay humble. I need to humble myself, right? Right. Stay humble, stay humble, sit down. Kendrick Lamar, (laughs) right? And so we, some people talk about Hillsong United on their podcast. We talk about Kendrick Lamar. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And so understand this when you see Jesus for what he actually completed for you, the complete, the complete, the finished work of Jesus, how he completed it for you, fulfilled it for us. You know what that does? The, the, the response after realizing that you're humbled and you say, thank you. Because being humble is not something that we produce. No, it's a response. It's a response. Yeah. Golly. And we're going to, we're going to talk about that. (laughs) We're going to really dive into that in just a second. But I think you, I I really hope you're seeing that these pieces of scripture that people use to, um, to really beat into us that we need to consistently ask for forgiveness are, are irrelevant to what they're saying. And they mean completely different things than what people use them for. And, um, but here's the thing, people use them. And I, it was used on me and I don't say that lightly because I don't say that it was spoken to me. It was used on me mm. and unintentionally for sure. Like I've said, I don't think people had, were, were ill intended, but nonetheless, it was used on me and it create like when you have this false belief that, and it, it really, what this does is it creates pressure. Yeah. There's pressure to ask for forgiveness all the time and there, and it creates a really unhealthy spiritual life. And it did for me. And I think it did for, for 
the majority of Christians. And there's a few things that I remember um, when it comes to asking for forgiveness that really um, like shook me up because like I said, it creates really unhealthy spiritual habits. And one of those things is a really um, fierce spiritual anxiety. Wow. Because I said this on the first episode of the podcast, but I remember when I was a kid, I would sit in bed at night. I was terrified. <laughs> I was freaking terrified yeah. of um, going to hell Yeah. because I thought I was going to go to bed and I forgot to ask for forgiveness for one of my sins that I committed. And, um, the rapture was going to happen that night and I was going to miss heaven because, you know, you, you know, David, yeah. the, the road is narrow, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the road is narrow and it's really difficult to get into heaven. Uh, that's what I was told. And so it creates a really, um, fierce anxiety from the pressure of it. And the thing is, I, I think it's really important to understand that anxiety spiritually and physically anxiety stems from uncertainty. Yes. Any, any, I think that's important to know. Anxiety stems from uncertainty. Say that again, because there's, there's people who are listening there's to this that who, deal with anxiety. Exactly. And this is not just about asking for forgiveness. This nope. is about any area of your life. Anxiety stems from uncertainty. If you're uncertain about a situation, I think a lot of times, uh, most of us, whether we want to admit it or not, are become anxious when there's uncertainty. We're seeing that right now. A lot of us are anxious about what's going on because we're uncertain. But, and, but it, within this context... <clears throat> I was really uncertain where with where my relationship with Jesus lied. I didn't know if I was forgiven. I didn't know if I was because I forgot to ask for forgiveness. Right. Yeah. And so I didn't know if it was real for me. And so I was uncertain about my relationship with God and that created a really real anxiety. Right. I, I was really uncertain and it became really anxious. Man, I'm so glad you said that because I think, I think all of us have dealt with that. Yeah. Because whenever we mess up, we sin, right? The immediate question after that, what can I do to fix this? Oh, yes. Which in our minds, there's something broken about our relationship, right? Right. Where do I stand with God now? Right. Right. And we forget that forgiveness is in and of itself. It's a relational act. Wow. So here's a God who is, you know, created the cosmos, created the entire world, and he wants to be relational with you. Mm. So he did a relational act in forgiving you to demonstrate that he's always going to be loyal to you. You could even look at Peter's life, right? Peter, we know he denied Jesus three times. And, and, and Peter, I mean, I'd take Peter in, 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 in my crowd any day. Like he was one of those ride or die guys. Like he'd just be there with you. But in this moment, (laughs) right he's like jesus i'm not i'm not gonna do that but he did he 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 ran away scared yeah okay if if you know the story you know that jesus after being uh crucified then put in the tomb he, he comes back right and he shows up on the beach and there's peter in the boat and he cooks breakfast for peter and what a practical way okay i'm just just taking this, what a yeah. practical way to show Peter of his loyalty towards him. Mm. Maybe just to prove that his forgiveness is real. Dang. Because forgiveness is a relational act. Forgiveness is a relational act. It is not a systematic act. That's right. And, and you, said, you said this yesterday, and this is so good. And if you are kind of like tuned out right now, 
snap back because this is so good. Say this. Yeah. I mean, what we've done is we've, we've made a confession into a system. It, yeah. It's become a system when God. And, and, you, and first of all, before yeah. you say this, I want to point out that this is not, this is not um, contained within a specific denominational group. No, absolutely this not. This is not, this, I'm not just talking about Catholics going to confession. Yeah. Like this is evangelicals. Yeah, everyone. This is Protestants. This is this is everyone. This is everyone. The church, capital C church, the whole church has made this thing a system. Yeah, and what we've done, we've made it into a system to when receive it was meant forgiveness. To be a relational thing. That's it. God authored forgiveness. Yeah. As a relational act. Dang. It's his. It's it's more than this, but get the picture. It's his hand being extended, of friendship, of love of 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 union right it, it's it's god saying i'm gonna do my part i'm gonna do what i need to do to show you yeah. that i forgive you it's a relational act not a system yeah it's not a system a relational act dang and what makes it a system is us asking for forgiveness there you go that's part one of what if i told you to stop asking for forgiveness i hope you enjoyed it y'all i know that it got cut off kind of in the middle and that's the point um next next week is gonna be part two and trust me when i say that it only gets better from here we dive next week um we dive into so why why exactly um, do we not ask for forgiveness now as new covenant believers? And because of that, if I'm not supposed to ask for forgiveness, what do I do now? Um, and so we're talking about all of that next week. So make sure you tune in. Thank you so much for um, being here. Whatever platform you're on, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast. That way you can get notifications when new episodes come out every single Friday. Um, do me a favor, rate the podcast, leave a review. That helps me out a ton. Guys, again, I keep saying it, but I cannot wait for you to hear next week. It is so, so good. Um, I will see you back here next Friday. Y'all have a great week. Stay safe, and we will see you next week. Bye.